From Schwartz Media, I'm Elizabeth Kulas. This is 7am. The Morrison government has been caught off guard by public outrage over its plan to deport a family from Biloela. Attempts to recapture the narrative have seen clumsy anti-asylum seeker stories placed on the front page of The Australian. Paul Bongiorno on the mixture of political panic and compassion for a family whose town spoke up. Paul, would it be fair to say, do you think that the government's been caught by surprise in Biloela this week? I think all the evidence points to this. Uh, there is no idea that they saw what was coming by removing this family from the township of Biloela in central Queensland. Paul Bongiorno is a columnist for the Saturday paper. All of a sudden, the perceived advantage for the coalition parties in this area of national and border security was slipping from their grasp in quite a spectacular way. For example, you had the quite influential conservative shock jock Alan Jones. He was beating them up. The way this has been dealt with is just disgraceful. I find the behaviour of the government here indefensible. Barnaby Joyce, who's now become a maverick backbencher, but he was out in favour of the migrants, standing up for regional Australia, he said. Uh, These children were born in Australia, they're not their parents, and I think we have to consider it in a different light. And of course, what we've seen is the mobilisation both on the mainstream media with extensive coverage on the uh, talk shows, and at the weekend we saw around Australia protests. We must intensify our campaigns till this family is Sure, there weren't thousands and thousands, but there were eye-catching protests in capital cities covered on all the television news services. And so the government's been, they've been flat-footed on this? Well, yes, they have. Uh, it's clear that when they made the decision to remove this family, they had no idea of the support that they had in Billa Wheeler and the willingness of residents in a seat, which after all is a national party seat in rural Queensland. What led to this flashpoint? Tell me about the family... That's at the centre of this. Well, Nadas and his wife Priya, they'd arrived separately by boat in 2012 and 2013. They met and married in Australia and their daughters were born here. So the daughters are four and two years old. Both Panika and her older sister Kapika were born in Australia. Both with their roots firmly entrenched in Villawela. And Paul, what's the status of these children? Are they not, as people born in Australia, entitled to citizenship automatically? Well, no, there is some confusion, I think, in the public mind here. So now a child born in Australia to assume Australian citizenship has to have one parent either an Australian citizen or a permanent resident. And clearly, in this case, these children, neither of their parents are either a permanent resident or an Australian citizen. Therefore, they are not Australian citizens. So what is the family's immigration status right now? Now, look, they failed to gain refugee status. They delayed deportation by appealing the rejection through every tribunal and court right up to the High Court. And a point that the government makes is every court and tribunal rejected their application for refugee status. So their bridging visas ran out in March last year. 
So they've now been in detention for over a year. And that's when Border Force then in March launched its pre-dawn raid on their Billawila home. They forcibly removed them. The parents were put in one car and the two little girls... They were screaming and very afraid. They were put in a separate car, taken to a plane and taken down to the Melbourne Immigration Detention Centre. Now, it was at this point that the town publicly pushed back. Residents of the town say that for the previous 12 months, they had been quietly urging the government to let this family stay. The residents, community groups and church groups within the town launched a change.org petition and took the family's case to the national media. And by the way, the local member, Ken O'Dowd, a national, he's been on board from day one. On a personal level, Ken, do you think that this family should be allowed to stay here? I think they should stay, but uh, we got the decision this week, uh, so it looks like it might be goodbye to this family, which is pretty sad. Now, what the residents and the politicians have been urging Peter Dutton and David Coleman as the junior but immigration minister is to use the extraordinary powers given by the Migration Act, which allows the minister to intervene. What are the powers that are given to Dutton and Coleman through that section? They're known as the God powers. They are non-reviewable and non-compellable, and they give a broad range of options to uh, um, the minister to overturn the Migration Act. That's basically what it does. If the minister believes his decision could be in the national interest. And are those God powers ever used? Well, look, they are. They're used very often. In fact, according to Anthony Albanese, Peter Dutton has exercised those powers 4,000 times. Albanese says that amounts to three a day. Famously, they were used in the case of the au pairs who were overstaying visas. Uh, These girls were working for a Brisbane family who had uh, Peter Dutton's mobile number. Dutton allowed them to continue in Australia, even though they had overstayed their visas. And the reason that was given is so as not to disrupt the childcare of this family. And according to a former Deputy Secretary of the Immigration Department, Abul Rizvi, the God powers were designed for cases such as the one we've got in Biloela. And Anthony Albanese, the leader of the opposition, was in Biloela this week as well. What are the politics of his visit? Well, look, the entire saga is being played out at many levels, but as usual, political advantage is never far from the calculations. Albanese says he made the trip in a chartered plane for humanitarian reasons, in an attempt to add weight to calls for a reprieve for the family. The Prime Minister, along with the Home Affairs Minister, Peter Dutton, accuses him of being a populist and an even greater threat to Australia's border security. And what do you make of this, Paul? Well, what I make of this is that the government has made a hash of this deportation. And the hash started by not knowing that this family had become embedded in Biloela and was a genuine part of that regional town. Uh, the husband had a job, the wife was a volunteer in community groups, and they were receiving real support. I heard Angela Fredericks, now she's one of the residents from Billa Wheeler and she's been asked on the radio why an exception should be made for this family when there are literally hundreds of others in a similar position. And she had to pause for a minute, but she said, well, this family was lucky enough to be in Billa Wheeler and to receive the kindness of that town and to return it. 
So that's the exceptional circumstance here. We'll be right back. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Paul, the government has been blindsided by support for this Tamil family that it's seeking to deport from Biloela, as you've said. What has been Scott Morrison's response? Well, Scott Morrison has certainly read the mood of the public as it's being expressed on radio and, and by the opposition and by the residents. Do you ever think you're out of step with the general public on this one? It's about doing the right thing by the national interest. So he hasn't been in his usual fashion, if I can put it this way, very pugnacious. In fact, he says he understands the motivation and he understands the compassion Australians have expressed in relation to this case. But I also know from bitter experience that if you make the wrong calls on these issues, then you invite tragedy and you invite chaos. And then there was also the response that we saw on the front page of The Australian this week. Yes, at a doorstop earlier in the week, the Prime Minister frankly admitted the government was the source for a couple of these front page Australian stories. The headlines were Sri Lankan boat surge, sixth asylum bid halted, and another one the next day, Tamil case sets path for 6,000 others. Morrison said, we followed a practice we've had in the past and I think that keeps the issue, the ever-present threat of illegal arrivals to Australia, foremost in the public mind. Now look, you don't have to read between the lines here. Morrison is saying that Australians have become complacent and we want to scare the pants off them again. So even though the messages themselves aren't new, it is rare for something like this to be so naked. Well, yes. I mean, it's not new that the governments uh, use fear as a weapon. I mean, that's one of the ways in which they won the last election. But it's interesting that Morrison came out and in such an, a, a frank way. Yes, I agree with you. It clearly shows that the government itself fears it's losing the political advantage. Basically, it's evidence of how agitated the government is about this. And you've spoken to some other coalition MPs about the case. What are you hearing from them? Surprising thing, veteran Liberal backbencher Russell Broadbent actually praised the Prime Minister for standing up against the mob. He said good leaders do what is right, not what's popular. Now, Broadbent comes to the argument with strong humanitarian credentials. He and a handful of Liberal colleagues broke ranks with John Howard over cruel refugee policies. And in fact, um, as a result, Broadbent has never been made a minister. But he says the Biloela case is about people who are playing the system and have failed to establish that they need our protection under the United Nations Convention. 
He doesn't blame the department for the tactic it's used in the Dawn raid and, and locking them up for a year. He sees this as an exercise in media management and avoiding protests. But interestingly, he, like federal MPs, Labor, Liberal, National, all over the country, they're used to dealing with these uh, issues because constituents in immigration cases know that if their local federal member can get the immigration minister to exercise his special powers, then they can stay in the country. So Broadbent himself has cases like this that have been rejected, and I think that's coloured his reaction as well. And at the same time that all this is happening, the government's preparing to bring on legislation that would repeal the Medivac laws when Parliament resumes again next week. How is that affecting the conversation around this family's case this week? Well, of course, the family's case this week has raised, as we've been discussing, the whole issue again of asylum seekers and boat people and Australia's obligations as a humanitarian nation signed up to the UN conventions. We've got a Senate committee investigating the Medivac laws. The Senate committee looking into this isn't due to report back until next month. But the government can use its prerogative to bring forward the Medivac legislation if it wants to. Now, a source tells me they think they will next week. So it looks like it would come down then to one vote in the Senate, and that vote is the Tasmanian independent Jackie Lambie, because Centre Alliance and the Greens, along with Labor, are sticking by the Medivac laws. Sterling Griff from uh, Centre Alliance says... He's unimpressed by the government's beat-ups, he calls them. He says they argued that uh, this Medivac law would lead to a flood of asylum seekers, and it simply hasn't. Now, I suspect that if we see the Medivac legislation come back into the Senate next week, it'll be because the government knows Jackie Lambie is on its side. And what's next for the Tamil family? Well, Dutton and Morrison are hoping that by Monday the Tamil family will have been deported back to Sri Lanka. The court injunction that is keeping them here expires at four o'clock this afternoon. But that Angela Fredericks, the resident, let slip, I think, what the tactics are. Apparently, the two children born in Australia, if their birth has not been registered in Sri Lanka, then they are stateless. And under Australian law, we can't deport stateless people. Angela Frederick says she, like Scott Morrison, believes in miracles. We'll see if that miracle happens today. The Prime Minister, by the way, is encouraging the family to apply to return to Australia as migrants. He even said he hopes they do. But, you know, that'll be something of a vicious circle because anyone deported can only receive a visa to re-enter on the approval of Dutton and his junior minister. Paul, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye. Join Richard Tognetti and the ACO for a bold and intrepid 2022. Featuring a live national concert season, their acclaimed on-demand film series ACO Studio Casts and exciting programs from their new home in Sydney's Walsh Bay. Subscriptions now on sale at aco.com.au. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth, 
with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Elsewhere in the news, in Britain, a bill to stop a no-deal Brexit is expected to pass the House of Lords today, in time for royal assent before the proroguing of Parliament. The bill will give Prime Minister Boris Johnson until October 19 to pass a deal in the Parliament, after which he'll be forced to extend the United Kingdom's departure date from the European Union. And Peter Dutton and Scott Morrison have both defended the Australian Federal Police after the organisation raided the home of an intelligence officer in Canberra on Wednesday. News Corp executive Campbell Reid said the raid was an attempt at intimidating journalists' sources, but Dutton rejected the characterisation, saying the police were doing their job. 7am is produced by Emil Klein, Ruby Schwartz and Atticus Basto. Eric Jensen is our editor. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. If you've got a moment, please consider subscribing to the show through your favourite podcast app or leave us a review if you listen on iTunes or Stitcher. It's a huge help. This is 7am. I'm Elizabeth Kulas. See you next week.